Blind as a bat, mad as a hatter, red as a beet, hot as a hare, dry as bone, the bowel and bladder, lose their tone, and the heart runs alone. Recreational users consider these plants the least enjoyable because of their side effects. They are commonly referred to as deliriants. Long-term use may result in physical and mental decline. Welcome to Path of a Green Witch podcast. In this episode, I want to share more information about potentially harmful compounds. Specifically, I want to discuss alkaloids. I'm going to share information about alkaloids in general, and I'm also going to dive into four specific alkaloids, atropine, hyoscyamine, scopolamine, and solanine. This information comes from the Poison Path Herbal, Baneful Herbs, Medicinal Nightshades, and Ritual Entheogens by Colby Michael. Generally speaking, alkaloids are active chemicals that affect your brain chemistry. Alkaloids are compounds with a complex organic structure, and they occur naturally in plants, fungi, and animals. They contain carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, and nitrogen, and they're generally categorized based on their specific structure. There are thousands of alkaloids that belong to different categories. 25,000 alkaloids are derived from plants. These alkaloids have diverse and important physiological effects on humans and other animals. The term alkaloid was developed in 1818 by a German pharmacist named K.F.W. Meissner. The names of specific alkaloids are based on their natural origin. Morphine, strychnine, hyoscyamine, ephedrine, and nicotine are all alkaloids that have an impact on humanity. Hallucinogenic alkaloids are indole alkaloids such as ergoline used in the synthesis of LSD, ibogaine from a hallucinogenic shrub in Africa, and harmaline found in Syrian rue. Other alkaloids are more mildly hallucinogenic, affecting the body differently. These pseudo-hallucinogens or delirients such as the tropane alkaloids are more dangerous at hallucinogenic doses. In this episode, I'm going to focus on the tropane alkaloids, atropine, hyoscyamine, scopolamine, and solanine. In another episode, I am going to talk more about opiates and how dangerous they are, so look out for that. But the point of that episode is to spread awareness about the dangers of poppy seed tea. People use poppy seed tea, which contains morphine and other similar compounds, and some people don't realize how dangerous and deadly that can be. But back to this episode where I'm going to be discussing the tropane alkaloids, which are from the Solanaceae family. The Solanaceae, or nightshades, comprise a group of plants historically associated with magic and witchcraft. The plants in this group have a long history of ritual use, and they're associated with spirits that are allied to the arcane arts. These plants have been used as funerary herbs, offerings to deities, and ingredients in spells. They've also been used as a means of opening a doorway to the spirit world. So like I said, tropane alkaloids are found in the nightshade family, and they're characterized by their unique nitrogen bridge, or tropane ring. Here I'm referring to their chemical structure. The tropane alkaloids are secondary metabolites. This means that the plant's survival is not contingent on the presence of these alkaloids. These naturally occurring nitrogen compounds are basic. That means they have an alkaline pH, which is a high pH. Some of the most commonly discussed solanaceous alkaloids 
alkaloids are atropine, hyoscyamine, hyoscine, scopolamine, and solanine. These chemicals are found in plants like deadly nightshade, mandrake, henbane, and thorn apple. They're present at different amounts and combinations depending on the plant, and each alkaloid has a slightly different effect. So let's talk a little bit about these different alkaloids. We'll start with atropine. Atropine was isolated in the 1830s, and it was a cornerstone in the study of neurochemistry. It led to the discovery of the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. The half-life of atropine is only four hours, so that means that it takes the body four hours to metabolize half of the amount of the atropine that you ingested. But the symptoms can last 24 to 48 hours, and this is because of a decrease in gastrointestinal motility. The atropine compound actually slows down your digestion. Atropine is easily absorbed by the gastrointestinal tissues and by the mucous membranes, but it does not penetrate the skin very effectively. So that was atropine. Now let's move on to hyoscyamine. Hyoscyamine is found in fresh plant material and it's a depressant. Hyoscyamine actually converts to atropine, which I just discussed, when it is in dry plant material or in a liquid extraction. And atropine is a stimulant at low doses and leads to mild excitation, while 10 milligrams or more of atropine can result in central depression of life functions. So just to make that a little clearer, hyoscyamine, when it's found in fresh plant material, is a depressant. But once you dry out that material, it converts the hyoscyamine to atropine, and then it will depend on the dosage, whether you get a stimulant effect or a depressive effect. At low doses, when you take dry plant material where the hyoscyamine has been converted into atropine, at low doses, it's going to lead to mild excitation. But then when you raise that dose a little too high, it is going to be such a depressant that it can slow your heart rate, slow your breathing. We know what that leads to. Now let's move on to scopolamine. Scopolamine is responsible for fatigue, drowsiness, dreamless sleep, euphoria, and amnesia. At higher doses, it causes restlessness and hallucinations. Scopolamine is one of the alkaloids of the Solanaceae family, but scopolamine actually has a shorter duration of effect on the peripheral nervous system than atropine, and it only takes a very small dose of scopolamine to depress the central nervous system. Scopolamine is used today in medications for motion sickness, and it's generally applied in the form of a patch. It is also used topically for pain relief, and it's pretty effective. Scopolamine is easily absorbed by the skin, which is why it can be used in a patch or as a topical treatment. And that's where it differs from atropine and hyoscyamine. Oftentimes, these scopolamine patches are worn by tourists traveling abroad, leading to increased intoxication and amnesia when they consume alcohol. So you have to be careful if you're traveling and you decide to use a scopolamine patch to prevent motion sickness and then you decide to have an alcoholic beverage because the effects of the alcohol are going to be enhanced. You need to keep that in mind. Scopolamine powder has been used by unscrupulous individuals as a means of committing numerous crimes. This is because scopolamine poisoning allegedly results in a zombie-like state where the victim is easily manipulated and afterwards the poison causes amnesia leaving no memory of the previous events. So these qualities make scopolamine a dangerous tool for 
thieves and predators of all kinds. Scopolamine is sometimes used as a date rape drug, just like Rohypnol and GHB. And this is because scopolamine can cause a person to become so confused, disoriented, and easily manipulated that they may not remember what happened. Scopolamine has also been used as a party drug due to its ability to induce a sense of pleasure and euphoria temporarily. And it can also cause hallucinations, intense sedation, loss of coordination, confusion, dizziness, amnesia. It sounds like one of those things that is very, very dangerous to experiment with, especially if you're going to parties and you're going to be around alcohol and all of that other stuff. So be very careful for scopolamine. Be very careful ingesting anything that's given to you by someone that you don't completely trust. Let's move on to the last one, solanine. Solanine is a compound that is actually beneficial to the plant. The plant uses it as a defense mechanism against competitive encroachment. Solanine is called an allelochemical. Allelochemicals are released into the soil and interfere with the biomembranes of other plants, leading to the death of the other plants. Solanine is a glycoalkaloid that's present in black nightshade, woody nightshade, and other common solanaceae plants. It's present in the leaves and stem of the potato plant. Solanine can cause nausea, vomiting, dry mouth, abdominal pain, mydriasis, and seizures. So that was only a brief description of the tropane alkaloids atropine, hyoscyamine, scopolamine, and solanine. And you can see that these tropane alkaloids act on the brain in very unique ways. They're capable of activating the pineal gland, which corresponds to our third eye. By stimulating melatonin, these alkaloids can induce a dreamlike waking state. It is a state akin to lucid dreaming, which is further enhanced by darkness and ecstatic techniques. The tropane alkaloids are anticholinergenics. Anticholinergenics are a group of substances that block the neurotransmitter acetylcholine in the central and peripheral nervous system. There are three types of anticholinergenics. The tropane alkaloids are anti-muscarinic, and they are the most common of the three types. Acetylcholine is the chief neurotransmitter of the parasympathetic nervous system, and it activates muscarinic receptors in nerve cells, which contract smooth muscle. Atropine and scopolamine chemically resemble acetylcholine, so they bind to the receptors but fail to stimulate the cells, and thus nerve transmission is blocked. Blocking acetylcholine inhibits nerve impulses that affect the functioning of involuntary smooth muscle in the gastrointestinal, urinary tract, and lungs. This causes many of the symptoms for which tropane alkaloids are known. So basically, it depresses your body's autonomic functions like breathing and gastrointestinal movement, you know, digestion. Poisoning from these plants results in acute anticholinergenic syndrome or toxidrome. Symptoms of tropane alkaloid poisoning are remembered with this common mnemonic, blind as a bat, mad as a hatter, red as a beet, hot as a hare, dry as bone, the bowel and bladder, lose their tone, and the heart runs alone. Recreational users consider these plants the least enjoyable because of their side effects. They are commonly referred to as deliriants. Long-term use may result in physical and mental decline. So basically, the side effects of these tropane alkaloids are poor coordination, decreased mucus production, anhydrosis, which is no sweating, and increased body temperature. The muscles in the bladder and urinary tract are affected, which results in urinary 
retention, and the mydriatic effects of pupil dilation can cause light sensitivity and the inability to focus on things close up. The effects on the central nervous system resemble delirium and consist of confusion, disorientation, euphoria, and dysphoria, memory problems, loss of concentration, and illogical thinking. All of this can manifest as psychosis. Tropane alkaloids can cause visual disturbances such as seeing warped and textured surfaces, dancing lines, and imaginary spiders or insects. In addition, auditory and sensory disturbances can occur as well. These can include phantom smells of smoke, visions of lifelike objects and figures, and the sensation of non-physical presences. This might explain the use of these plants in visionary workings and in the communication with spirits. Daniel Skolke coined the term time eaters or chronophagoi to describe the effects of tropane alkaloids because of the loss of time due to their amnesiac effects. So that was just a little introduction to alkaloids and a little bit of information about tropane alkaloids specifically. Like I said, I am going to discuss some other alkaloids in another episode, so please look out for that. I hope you learned something from this. I hope you're able to use this information safely if you choose to in your practice, or perhaps you've learned that using these substances is way too dangerous and you're going to avoid them, and now you have the information you need that might help you to avoid the dangerous compounds. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to listen to Path of a Greenwich podcast.